Hey, yo, Josh, let me get a little bit of reverb. Yeah. J. Will. Yeah, I'm about that lifestyle. I talk green work, repping it all over. It's right on the T-shirt. Fan for a lifetime. Yeah, that's a long pass. Figure I would show some love right on the podcast. Turn this up loud and make sure you don't do nothing else. Cause if you're listening to us, then you're improving your health. My name is Jay Will. Welcome to the show, yeah. Wrestle, flow, 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 yeah. It's not Friday. It's Monday. It's a special Monday edition of Wrestling Reverb. Kevin, starting the week off hot and heavy for Reverb. We never do this. No, this is nice. This is, you know, it was a special occasion and we called for the big guns. We called in some some hired help for this show and it's going to make us pop. Uh, yeah, so, um, I, I mean, you know, start of the week means royalty, right? We ha- We have royalty here. Queenie! You haven't been yeah. on Reverb in a hot minute. You've been, you've chatted with me on the Josh Robinson show a couple of times since Reverb. It's, it's been a while, I think. It's been a long time, so I feel like I should just say, finally, the queen has come back. <laughs> Damn, quite the, quite the promo. Rock might sue you for that one. <laughs> yes, honey. Well, thanks for having me back. I'm so excited. I missed you, boys. Mm, oh, we're excited. You and, um, you know, it's a special edition of Wrestling Reverb on a Monday. We're going to chat some NXT TakeOver in your house. <laughs> Let's not waste any time with this show because um, we're literally recording this like five minutes after the show went off the air. So um, I'll start with Queen. Before we get into any of the matches, the aesthetic and the feel, this 90s vibe that this show had being in your house was just... Mm, just the, the little like cherry on top of what was already going to be a fun show. So um, before you talk about any of the actual matches, how'd you feel about the vibe of this show? Oh, I love the vibe. So I just recently watched for um, my Queen and Pops experience show, the very first in your house pay-per-view Ooh. from 1995, honey. And that is, that is the set. That is the set. <laughs> uh, it, it was such a throwback and the grid which of course back then wasn't fake because that's how TVs were made back then. Um, spoiler for those of us who weren't alive. Sorry to uh, sorry to ruin the dream, everybody. <laughs> ruin the illusion. Queen's I out know. here dropping facts. Sorry, just dropping real life because I was alive. Um, you know, it, it was great. It, it felt so fun, and the logo is fun, and uh, you know the, the old school promos and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and. Um, oh. Uh, oh my God! Whoa, Todd, just what's his face? Blank. Todd, yep. what's his face? Uh, Pen and something. I can't pronounce his Thank last you. name. I can't. That, the last name. Thank you, yeah. Kevin. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I'm so excited about so many things that my brain is uh, is overloading. But <laughs> having that and having that vibe and, and him talking and the silliness of the '90s kind of thrown in yeah. throughout the pay-per-view was such a vibe. I loved it. Yeah, the 90s is kind of like, so here, here's something, Queen. I was born in 95. Bef- I was born after the first In Your House aired. So um, 
I mean, In Your House was not something I grew up with. It's something that I watched later because it was kind of embedded in wrestling history. Um, so you kind of go back and you, you you study like In Your House mind games and say Valentine's Day Massacre, all of that kind of stuff. There was 28 In Your House events. And this were, well, this is the 28th In Your House, I should say, um, this takeover. So there's a lot of history within your house. And that name just holds so much value. And I think the 90s, I'm glad you said silly because I find the 90s kind of silly. But like yeah. in a good way, in a good, in a good vibe way. Like it's just the nineties are very like, I don't know. They're almost like, to me, the nineties are like a transitional time from like the eighties to like now, you know what I mean? Like it was that in between where stuff was changing and the world was kind of happening. Um, but Kevin, how do you feel about the aesthetic and the vibe of the show being that nineties feel? I love that. I, I think that wrestling is at its best when it sort of leans into that that little like that hokiness, the the the, the, the schlockiness of it. Mm. And so I love this set. It, it looked so it looked so retro. I love the the the, yeah, the vibe to it with like with Todd Pettengill and with like the Ico Pro commercial <laughs> and the yes. the cookie sandwiches that look so good. And I love that. I love how they they also you know. They they still managed to capture like the NXT feel with with the mm. with the code orange performance yep. right at the top of the show because NXT has had that sort of like that punk rock vibe to it for the last couple of years now yeah. and I'm glad they were able to retain some of that while also bringing back the retro '90s vibes. It was like the best of both worlds. I think they had. Yeah, it's got that yeah. NXT is that very like anti-establishment kind of deal. It's like, oh, we're not meant to like this, but we love this, and it's kind of come like that cult following feel to it. Um, so that's what I kind of agreed, Kevin, is that they kept that feel with bringing in like the nostalgia and honestly, wrestling when it you know wrestling, especially in a WWE world is very structured and it's very like the same kind of deal. Even takeovers are all structured fairly similar, and they all look pretty much aesthetically the same. So when something's different, it adds that just that little bit of extra to make it feel a little bit different. So I love the vibe of it too. I love the feel of it and just everything about it was just cool. The set and everything like that. So um, Queen going into this show, I know that takeovers are always, we always kind of say this, but on paper, you couldn't really argue that, you know, this was <laughs> going to be anything less than bad, uh, anything less than a, a great show, I should say. Um, so going into this, were you excited for In Your House? I, I was excited for In Our House, or In My House, Your House, Our House, Everyone's <laughs> <What>? House. <laughs> Literally, because we're all watching it from In Our House. Yes, that's what it makes me think of too, Kev. Um, um, I, I always expect a lot from NXT TakeOver, since mm. because they've set such a high bar mm. and such a high standard that, you know, it, it's rare when you have a brand like this that constantly delivers on mm. on the big scale, right? Because I feel like every time we get a takeover, almost every time, your order of your favorite takeover may be in jeopardy, right? Yes, you may definitely. have like, switch some around or you fall in love with a different match. Um, I was excited for it going in because I really think the card on paper was super fire. It had some some hard hitters. It had some uh, ladies more than ever. Mm -hmm. Yes, honey. Mm -hmm. I just want to say off the top, like the fact that the women main evented a takeover and they haven't since 2015. I mean, I that's didn't a think huge... of that. I didn't realize that, you know, because NXT yeah. has prominently put the, the women, well, before the main roster ever did, they put them in that spot. And I, when they said that on the on the show, I was like, oh, they, they actually haven't main evented since 
Sasha and Bailey did in their Iron Woman match. Like that's a that's a pretty big, you know, gap. But that was what twenty fifteen, I want to say. Yeah, that's years that's ago. five yeah. years ago, dudes. Like it's like I didn't realize that because women have been main eventing on such a constant level on Raw, SmackDown, WWE pay-per-views that have kind of just like, oh, wait a minute, they haven't done so in NXT in so long. Well, not only that, Queen, the women open up this show and they close this show. That's uh, probably never been done. I don't think that's ever been done before. I don't know. Maybe to I'm be honest, I don't, I don't know. I would have to really look into it, but you're, you, I would say you're more likely right than you are wrong. <laughs> and like, that's just a crazy, that's a, that's a crazy, that's a crazy thought to think, you know, that, that's becoming the norm. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's becoming the norm. It's not, you know me, Queen, I'm a big women's wrestling fan. Kevin, you know this as well. I talk about it all the time. But oh, yeah. I, um, I, I, I love the fact that there's first evers, but I'm so glad we're past that. And it's just like, yeah, there is a women's money in the bank. There is a women's Royal Rumble. Yeah, it could main event. It might not. It's whatever is better. Whatever is better at the time. It's not for, you know, the the... Uh, lack of a better term, but the PR of it, of going, oh, the women are in the main event. No, it's just happening. You know what I mean? It's not like they hyped up this triple threat match. This is going to be the last match on the show. No, it's at the last match of the show because it deserves to be at the last match of the show. So I love that. And I, I know you probably agree. Well, both of you will probably agree with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that, and I think you make a good point, every... Well, most of the times where we see the women in the main event over the last couple of years, it has been something they've they've like hyped up, you know. Like with the when the the women main event at WrestleMania, that was like the the selling point for so long of the whole show. Tonight, yeah, we didn't know it was going to be the main event until like halfway through the show, and I don't think anyone was like, I don't think anyone was not surprised. I mean, I was I was a little surprised, but I wasn't like, I was like, oh, that makes sense. It's it's EO, yeah. it's Rhea, and it's Charlotte mm-hmm. for the NXT Women's Title. Like it's it, that's as big as it gets right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Let's um, let's break down some of these matches here. The opening contest, of course, that big six-woman tag match. Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez taking on Tegan Knox, which is Kevin's favorite person in the entire world. Uh, oh, yeah. Miriam oh, yeah. and Shotzi Blackheart. Queenie, six very talented women, six very different women is what I love most about the NXT women's division is that every single woman in that division is different from one another on an aesthetic level, in an in-ring style level, Everything about these women are different, which is, I think, is a big disconnect from what's going on on the main roster. And that's not a knock on the ladies. I just think they put them into bubbles sometimes. Every woman in this match has a distinct character. They have a distinct look. They have something different. So what are your thoughts on going into this one, Queenie, with, uh, you know, these these six women in particular? I agree with you, actually. I think they all have a completely different representation of character and in-ring ability. Mm-hmm. And um, I was excited about it. I was happy that they were opening the show. I thought it was going to be really, really fun. Uh, unfortunately for me, I didn't really like it as much as I think I, w- I was hoping I would. Yeah. I actually kind of thought it was a little bit sloppy in parts. It did. No, but, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and the pacing was off, and it was kind of all over the place, which happens, of course, when you're in a six-man or oh, woman tag. I could imagine that the bodies you have to deal with. and right. I couldn't imagine like being in that and going, okay, I've got to work out this spot and this spot and this spot. But I agree with you. Yeah. There was It wasn't a bad match. I just think it, could, no. it had potential to be a lot better. Right. It definitely had potential to be better. Um, but I really think the shining star out of this is Shotzi Blackheart. 
Um, unsurprising for those of us who have watched her kind of in the indies and then come into NXT. This is something that we're excited about, and I'm so happy that more people are getting exposure to her. She is a lot of fun. Oh. She's so chaotic, but tank, like in the best way. Tank, and the tank is the oh, best. I'm, oh, oh, and it's awesome. It's I'm so glad they let her keep it. Yeah, I'm so glad they let her keep it and utilize it and her green hair, and she stands out. She's a super big talent, and I thought really here was a time where she shone. And and that was a nice yeah. thing to see. Yeah, it's nice to see other people get opportunities. Now, Kevin, I know you're going to talk about Tegan Knox a lot, so this is your chance. She got she got the W in this one. She the shiniest of wizards um on one yeah, Dakota oh, Kai. Oh, she... you can't you can't overlook that. You cannot overlook <laughs> Tegan Knox pinning Dakota Kai. That is huge given it's how a their history... on their feud, I think. I yeah, think how, yeah, step, how long they've been they've been fighting, they've been friends, they've been enemies. It is. It's not something you could look past. Uh, and obviously, I, 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 Tegan's great. And I, Tegan's story is one that I've talked about and I love the, the adversity she's fought through. So, yeah, Tegan obviously is a highlight for me. But it, it, it is hard not to talk about Shotzi. Like, as someone like me who didn't really know who she was before she came to NXT mm -hmm. and she rolls up in a tank, like a, 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 a freaking tank, that is – like from there, like it honestly doesn't matter what happens next because when you when you show up in a, in a in a a roster full of stars and you and you manage to stand out on like night one, that is crazy. That is so hard to do. And Shasi is, and not only she's more than just the tanks, she's more than just the hair. She's so good in the ring too. Like yep. she's a lot of fun to watch. Your eye is drawn to her no matter where she is. I think that's a very that's like very valuable in any in any business but especially in this business where even if you're not the center of attention or you even even if you're not the main focus right now people have their eye on you mm -hmm. and people are going to have their eye on mm -hmm. Nazi Blackheart yeah she you know inevitably rises all the way up the card yeah no yeah, i can so see good, I, Kev. and and like a nice slow burn with her i don't think you need to rush anything with Shotzi i think she's still got a little ways to go before she's like there but I think that nice slow burn with her is going to work out just perfectly, very organically for her. Um, Queen, I want to break down the heel side of things of this match with you particularly because um, I know you had some – let's rewind back to Portland, right, when this street fight was happening. We had a very big difference of opinion on that street fight match itself. Um, you didn't really feel for it, the street fight between Dakota and Tegan. I really liked it. Um, I think the key factor was um, – the kind of the finish of that match is that correct in me saying yes i did not like that okay so what how long ago was that three months four months yeah i don't know it feels like 15 years since that happened <laughs> it so, it so 15 does, years though. ago that happened <laughs> and um one raquel gonzalez come in how do you feel about dakota and raquel 15 years later <laughs> 15 years later i still don't like them so oh, i mean fam. i guess I, I, well, let me let me rephrase. I like Dakota Kai. I don't like Raquel. I, I don't really care for her. Uh, to me, it's it's kind of Sonya, Sonya Deville light and not as good. I think she has potential, but um, I, I would rather her character take a different direction because it's too much like Sonya for me. Um, so, so that that's like, the only do you not one. like the unit of Dakota and Raquel? Do you not like that I mean, dynamic? I just don't like her, so it kind of sours it for me. But right. I mean, it's okay. I don't mind Dakota having a heavy. I think that that's kind of cool and it works for her. Um, and Raquel is filling that spot in NXT. Um, but I, I, I just don't like her, Josh. I think that's kind of where I'm no, at. That, no, no, no. Hey, that's fair. That's fair. I'm a big Dakota Kai fan myself and I think she's a great mm -hmm. heel. And I think Raquel's added 
another layer to her. So I'm a fan of that unit. Um, Queen, I want to ask you about Candice LeRae. I know she is... Majority would think that she's a natural baby face. Um, how do you feel about her as a heel? I'm loving. And I... Because I think that it's it's super cool. And she reminds me of like a Disney evil queen villain type vibe and and they love disney her and johnny so oh, do. it, it doesn't <laughs> uh surprise me <laughs> right that that's incorporating into her presentation both in vignette and in the ring i love her hair I, i'm interested in it more the heel turn for her than i am for johnny yep. i think it makes so much sense for her right now and it's yep. a great spot for her to be in and yes yeah, she is a great baby face and when she was in the cutest tag team ever with Joey Ryan oh, yes. and, you know, the cupcake vibes, and, you know, it's super fun. But I love when you get to see somebody like that go down such a darker path. And yeah. I think her story uh, is going to be so much more interesting than Johnny's. And uh, I- I'm loving. Um, yeah, cupcakes get stale. If you leave them out they too do. long, they get stale. And I think Candace was in that spot where she was becoming stale. And this is the ultimate sign to kind of... Start fresh, start a new batch, if you will. You know what I mean? So I'm into it. I know that I, inevitably, I know that she's going to be a baby face again. And mm-hmm. I don't think heel is necessarily going to be a long-term thing for both her and Johnny. We'll talk about Johnny a little bit later, but I like it for what it is right now. And I'm enjoying that she's able to show other sides of her character. So I'm enjoying it. So overall, I did like this match. I didn't love it. I thought it could have been a lot better. Um, Queen, you kind of said the same thing. Kevin, what do you think about the match kind of overall? Yeah, I think the match was more like more so just a showcase of the depth of the NXT women's division. Just, yeah. you know, six that could, be, that could be just sent to the top of the card in a moment's notice and you, and you sort of get, you get it, right? Um, I, well, yeah, it wasn't like anything groundbreaking or anything. I didn't expect it to be. I just expected it to be like a fun little hot six Six woman tag max to open the show. Uh, I, I like the finish. Obviously, we touched on that. Dakota, Dakota uh, Tegan over Dakota will pop me every time. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, it was just a nice little way to get. It was a nice little way to get these really, really talented individuals some some shine and get everyone and, and advanced stories too. And we saw a little bit later on in the night as well with with Mia Yim and with Candice, and we'll touch yeah. on that later. I'm sure. But yeah, it, it furthered some stories. It it put like it put a nice little bow on some stories, and then I think I'm excited to see where all six of these women go next. Yeah, big time. Would you agree with that, Queen? Sure do. Yeah. Um, let's move on here. Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Now, mm. I was expecting. I was like, this one's either going to go two ways. It could be a sleeper, and it could be really really fun, or it could be a disaster. Um, I'm in the boat that it was really fun. They clicked really well. Um, Queen, we have an agreement here. Finn Balor's gear, that metallic blue. Oh, baby, Oof. that was a good time. Ooh, honey, listen, <laughs> listen. Wrestling first fashion, all, wrestling fashion. Wrestling fashion, hashtag wrestling fashion. Listen, that, first of all, that jacket, okay? It, he always has good jackets, but this one in particular fits him perfectly. Then he revealed that blue. Oh, yes, honey, very good. But let's not sleep on Damien Priest's pants because yeah. the all-white look with the mesh and the rips. It, it showing off them awesome. thighs, you know? He's showing off them thick thighs, honey, and they say <laughs> So I'm all about it. 
And um, this match was great. I was super excited for them to to really meet in the ring like this at a takeover because I loved – Damien Priest when he was Punishment Martinez. Yeah. Lots of stuff in Ring of Honor. A lot of people do. do Yeah. So much fun. And I kind of felt like this was going to be a good one. And and it didn't disappoint. It was really an excellent showcase to kind of pop this pay-per-view right into to high gear for what was to come next. And I just Mm -hmm. think it's excellent. I think they booked Damien to look amazingly good, even in loss. And, uh, you know, even Triple H is on Twitter saying this guy's money. Like, he's Mm -hmm. going places. Oh, I yeah. assume for him, North American Championship that area. That would be the vibe, wouldn't it? That would be the, yeah, the that kind seems of direction. what it is. Mm. Which I'm, I don't hate. I think that's great. Oh, and no, I think no. Finn, you know, will will chase the ultimate gold. Yeah, so. me too. Me too. And Finn, Finn to me is one of those people that you can put him in there with anybody, and you're gonna get something good to great out of everybody with Finn. That's how I feel with Finn, especially in NXT. Um, Finn's got that kind of. I don't know. I, this is gonna. Be, I don't know if that's gonna make any sense. But Finn to me with NXT has got that Big Brother vibe, and mm. I don't mean the reality show. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean a Big Brother vibe. And like he's trying to help everybody out. He's watching out for everybody. He has everybody's best intentions. And um, I, I, I just really like Finn to be completely honest with you. And I just want the Barber Gods to bless me and give me a Finn Balor fade with my hair. Thank you very much. Ooh. I just want that. Please and thank you. It's just not happening. I mean, I think a lot of uh, – I'd be blind if I didn't want to look like Finn Balor at some stage in my life because <laughs> I'd be silly to not say it. Um, but, Kev, let's talk about that nasty stare bump. Ooh. Oh, my God. I – I it, it, you know, watching – when you watch wrestling you pretty much your whole life, you feel like you've seen everything <laughs> and you feel like – you're almost immune to like big bumps and like scary looking things. You feel like you, you don't even flinch. I flinched so hard when he hit those steps. Oh, I was really like cool. nervous. Mm. His back, us, like it was like it, I, he caught the edge a little bit, but he also just landed so heavy and so hard. It was so, it was good. And the match was, I love this match. And I wasn't sure if I was going to. You know, Damian Priest is like a is he's really good. It's like kind of a small sample size for me. Yeah. And Finn is somebody that you know, Finn is somebody that will get you there pretty much all the time. But I wasn't sh- I just wasn't sure how I was going to feel about them meeting together. I wasn't sure about the the dynamic they would present together. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect. Like their their chemistry was so good, so good, so off the charts. Like they're oh, yeah. Finn. You know, he's not like the fastest. He's not like necessarily the flashiest guy you'll ever see. He's so fluid in the ring, though. Every every little movement he makes is so like seamless and just looks so good. He's so he's so like he's all, he's like, almost flawless in there. And yeah. I thought I know a lot of people were were thinking that Priest would get the win, and I, I thought he might too. But I don't hate the fact that they're they're clearly building Balor to be like the bit like a big threat to yeah. to Adam Cole or whoever yeah. holds the NXT title. They they want Balor. They brought him down for a reason. They brought him down to sort of find himself. You can't forget about his story. You know he was lost in the shuffle for so long, and now he's back and he's dangerous as all hell. And you you, you can't discount that. So I'm I'm interested to see where he goes from here because he is as good as he's ever been in the uh, since he came to WWE. Yeah, I think Finn Balor is really good at making the little things look nice instead of like just worrying about like the big 
the big stuff. He makes the little things and he kind of makes a flow of a match just go in a really nice pace. And I really like that about Finn. That's what I've always been drawn to with Finn Balor when it comes to his in-the-ring stuff. I think with Finn, um, Queen, you know, it's a, it, like Kevin said, we can't really talk about Finn without acknowledging his story and his past, you know, universal champion getting injured and then kind of the the ups and downs he had w- with Raw and SmackDown, IC champ. He had multiple kind of peaks and then really low valleys and then coming back to NXT. Now that we're what? Uh, he come back to NXT in September, October. Um, we're so many months out of that now. How have you felt about Finn Balor in, back in NXT? And do you think it's it's doing what it's needed to do for Finn? I think it's doing what it needs to do for him, for sure. It's definitely um, better than where he was, right? Yep. And I think another thing, too, is, um, you know, he brought back the prince, right? This is yep. what New Japan Finn Balor looked like. He was called Prince Devitt back then. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's a very darker vibe. It's it's more of a intense Finn Balor. And it's a fun thing to see for Finn Balor. And I think that he's, you know, he's working a, a, a lighter schedule than he was before. And um, he's getting put into awesome matches with great people. And, and he's been a great presence, I think, overall since his return to NXT. And I'm really happy for him because he seems, at least from what we've been, you know, shown on TV weekly and then in takeovers and online, he seems like he's enjoying himself. And that's, I think, ultimately the most important because of how wasted he was on Raw and SmackDown. And I just feel disappointed you know he, he had such a hot run in nxt when it first started right like yeah. unbelievable uh epic and then he came up and it, or I'm, I'm not saying up he came to the other brands and it was up at that stage at that stage up at was, that time yeah, yeah. up at that time but and then, um, obviously injuries and that was timing yeah, was awful seth rollins yeah <laughs> damn you seth <laughs> damn you seth uh yeah uh, so i feel like we're, we're definitely in a better spot for finn yeah, definitely. Um, over under on the match, Queenie. How did you feel about the match overall? It was solid for me. I thought it was excellently done. Probably like a B plus low A. It was good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin, what's your thoughts on overall in the match? Um, it was it was really good. I, honestly, when it ended, I wasn't sure if if it would be topped for the rest for the rest of the. I felt that yeah. strongly about it at the time, and, and I, I I stand by that. I thought it was great. Yeah. Really, really great. If I had to put a grade on, I'd probably say like A minus. Maybe like maybe even like a like a, like a, like a A solid. Oh, damn. I'd give it a nice B plus. <laughs> B plus player. We don't want to relive that. Um, but <laughs> it was it's like a nice a nice I thought it was good. It was a lot better than than I anticipated, and I'm pleasantly yeah. surprised by it. So let's move on here. Um, <laughs> I want to just address the elephant in the room with one Johnny Gargano. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> did this man put a key on his ding dong? <laughs> he did. He did. I, he uh, listen, speaking from a, a dude with a ding dong, I don't want a key there. <laughs> I don't. Um, Kevin, I mean, you can probably I don't attest. Want... I don't yeah, want I don't that want... there. I don't want anything really going on. Like, if I'm, if I'm a wrestler and I'm wearing, I'm already wearing like, be tight. I don't really want to like add anything. I was like, Kevin, choose your words so so carefully. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know, I, I know, I know, I know. You did good, Kev. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want that there. Um, however, how cool was his entrance? I really enjoyed that. Did you guys enjoy that? I liked oh, yeah, the sequence. Nice. I liked how it transitioned from his the package, the video package, 
right into the door. I thought that yep. was really dope. He changed it to 69. <laughs> nice. Um, no. I, I, um, I'm a big fan of Johnny Gargano. Now, Queen, you kind of alluded to the fact of heel Candice, heel Johnny. Unleash what you think about heel Johnny. I don't really care for heel Johnny. Now, a lot of his career elsewhere, he was a heel. And it yeah. wasn't bad. He just does the face thing so well. And um, it's not that I don't like when when excellent faces turn. I just feel like the story for Johnny is it would be something different, or it would be served better as more of a, a dejected face or a what do I do now type of face, as opposed to this cocky, self righteous dude. Like he's doing a good job. I just don't personally like it. So it's I think a you he's thing. just. it's a me thing yeah it's a me thing but i don't think i'm alone i think a lot of people feel similarly uh into like you know what is going on and and especially after this match like okay now what you made this heel turn you made this grandiose insanity for him and all these dinners and weird you know stuff with candace and and now what's he gonna do Mm. so it it seemed kind of strange that they were gonna turn him heel and kind of push him in this direction and then he loses so like now what yeah, no, what no, I talking. get that. I get that. Um, all right, now that we've we've moved on from Key on the Ding Dong, uh, Kevin, <laughs> how do you feel about Keith Lee? What's your opinion on Keith Lee? I know we've talked about Keith Lee a lot, um, pretty much, well, since he's, you know, that's time with Survivor Series and all of that stuff, and there was a lot of talk with him. How do you feel about Keith Lee in this present moment? Keith Lee is just, like, he's just so much fun. You know, his person, he's got that larger than life personality about him. He's also just really, really damn good in the ring. <laughs> uh, I watched Portland, I watched Tigger Portland like two days ago in his match with Dominic Dijakovic. And like, it, you know, it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous what he could do in the ring. And when he, when I, when I find out he's going to get in the ring with Gargano, uh, even the, uh, even though I'm, I'll, 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 I'll echo what Queen's saying, I'm not super crazy about Gargano being a heel. I'm not like really into the, the 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 vibe he's putting out, but you know, with you get you put Gargano and Keith Lee in a match, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be like ridiculous, and yeah, I I I, 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 I that was a good match. I don't know if it was as good as I don't know if I liked it more than than Ballard Priest by any stretch, but I mean, Keith Lee does a lot of really cool things in the ring that you just don't see from guys his size, and for that matter, it's crazy that they have. Lee Priest and Dijakovic, like on the same roster at the same time, three huge dudes that are just so freakishly athletic, just all like beating the hell out of each other. Like they've had matches with each other for so long. It's so it's so crazy to see. Yeah, um, Queen, the match itself, I, I, I personally was expecting more. Now this could just be a me thing, and my expectations were too high, but. Were you, I hate using the word let down because it's an us thing that we do to ourselves, but lack of a better term, were you a little bit let down by this match? I mean, it was way more of a storytelling match than it was technical, like precision, right? It wasn't like the most like Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan type of match. It's not going to be that way. No. Um, But it still was really compelling because they, I feel like they made up for that aspect with how they told their story and the consistency in which they told that story from bell to bell. I thought that that was excellent. 
I, I really think that it was well paced also. If it had been more of a faster type of match, I think they would have done themselves a disservice. So having that storytelling, I think, kind of made it better. So I, I wouldn't say I was let down per se, but it definitely wasn't a Keith Lee Dijakovic match. I think for which me was it was ten times better wrestling wise. Well, yeah. I think for yeah. me, Gargano Lee on paper sounds, oh my God, like, holy shit, right. this is going to, you know, be a barn burner. This is going to, you know, you know, be this great. And then while it's still very good, it just maybe was a little bit different from what I was expecting. However, the match itself could have been a lot different if the dynamics were different, if Gargano was maybe a face, if they were both faces. Like, I feel like it would have went a really different way. Now, I agree with you, Queen. It was much more storytelling than it was, you know, that bomb burner kind of stuff, which I love. I love storytelling in wrestling. It's my favorite part of wrestling. Um, But I don't know. Something just didn't align with me here. And I think it was more so a me thing with expectations. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it is what it is. Kev, what do you think about it overall? I'll admit it freely. I definitely psyched myself out by thinking like i said but seeing on paper i was like well this is gonna be like the greatest yeah and i think you're right when we think about gargano lee as like a dream match i think we look at it as more of just like they're just two really good wrestlers going at it i don't think we lot i don't think we thought of it in terms of story yeah and especially not with gargano as a heel so in that regard, yeah, the storytelling was on point. I thought there were a lot of like really good spots, and I thought there was a lot of really good like moments. I liked, like I mentioned before, I, li- I liked Candice and Mia coming out and, and getting involved. Uh, yep. the, the pounce through the plexiglass was cool, even though someone on Twitter, I don't know who it was, I couldn't find the tweet, but someone before the show said, "Calling it now, Gar- Gargano's getting pounced through the plexiglass." So I wasn't surprised when it happened. That kind of bummed me out. <laughs> but there was a lot of good stuff in it. It just, yeah, it, 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 I think I psyched myself out a little bit with it. Yep, definitely, 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 definitely agree. Okay, let's, um, I think we're going to spend a little bit of time on this. Uh, the backlot brawl for the NXT Championship. Now, Velveteen Dream was to lose. He would no longer be able to challenge for the NXT Championship as long as Adam Cole is champion. I was expecting the kind of quote-unquote cinematic appeal to this match. I think that's what everyone was expecting. I think we were all expecting this to be the main event. However, after watching it, I'm glad that it wasn't. Um, yeah. Okay. Queen, the... Hmm. Okay, here's where I disconnected from it. It was nothing on them two. They did a wonderful job. The production did not do it for me. The camera cuts were so distracting. And also the lighting hurt my eyes. This match for me was a cool down. And I hate saying that because I love Adam Cole. I think Velveteen is great. An NXT championship match should not feel like that. But that being said, um, agree or disagree, Queen, was I don't think it was bad. I just think it was okay. Oh, I agree. It was uh, a, like a C for me. Mm. Um, I, here's the, I loved the vibe initially, yeah. like the me circle too. of I cars. I said that to you on Twitter, did I? I yeah. Right. I said, yeah. I love this. And then it just kind of, maybe I jinxed it. Like there was only like one spot that I was like, that was cool. It just hurt like to watch. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it, it felt really, it didn't feel, listen, I know that people say what they want to say about WWE. I'm a big WWE guy. I understand it. But their cinematic matches, the Boneyard, the Firefly, the Money in the Banks, have all been really fun. And then coming into this, 
it felt like a massive step back. Is that fair to say? I think it's fair because I think the Champa Gargano cinematic one was terrible also. Um, so it, compared to the other one. Yeah. They like haven't that. been good. Uh, I, and I think, you know, Adam Cole coming in on the on the truck was, was cool. Typical Adam Cole. And Dream coming in in a Lambo looking like Negan. I thought it was cool. I thought it look, they looked great. And then it kind of deteriorated for me after that. Yeah, I, me I actually too. thought I didn't really mind the lights because I got what they were trying to do. I minded the sound. The sounds that they had with the cars and people slapping things and talking, I thought was way too high. And you yeah, couldn't actually, like, listen to the the crap talking and the shit talking between dream and Cole. Yeah. That bothered yeah. me the most. Mm. The commentary um, was a bit off too. I didn't feel like it was necessarily needed. Now nah, just let them fight then. See, that's the thing. It was like supposed to be like a cinematic thing, but like, then why am I listening to commentary? That yeah. was so, so, so if we weird. take back to double or nothing, right. With, um, <laughs> I don't come at me. I know I'm going to talk about AW. I know I don't talk about it much, but I watched the stadium stampede match. And my biggest takeaway from that was I liked it, but it didn't need commentary. And I think he is the same. It didn't need commentary. And I think also, um, queen with the, the, let's say the money in the bank cinematic style match is that, there's almost is an element with the main roster cinematics that are kind of like there's serious moments, but there's also like ha ha moments when this was taken, mm-hmm. this was taking itself way too seriously. Is that, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you kind of feel that as well? Uh, Queen. And then I'll yeah. move on to Kevin as well. I, I think they, ju- it just didn't hit right. I actually mm. would have just preferred that they brawled in a ring regularly. Um, you know, no DQ, whatever. I don't care, but just in regular, I, I don't have all that stuff, you know, I mean, you, could have, you could have had all of the inter- interference, which, which was an element that I liked, to be honest, was Dexter. Um, I'm a big fan of him. Um, I liked all that. And I liked the car bump when Adam, yeah, that, that was, was nasty. Cool. But other than that, I honestly can't think of too much that I loved. Even the finish itself fell a little bit flat. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I wasn't crazy about this. Uh, and I, I think that you, you, you made a really good point that with the other, even with AJ and Taker, which you think would be like so serious, they did have some moments of like some levity in there. You know, mm-hmm. just like, and just like, and it's sort of like relatable almost. This one, yeah, I, I, I like the vibe when they came out. And I, I, thought that they was, I thought it felt gritty. I thought it felt cool. And then, yeah, then once it like actually started, I, I just noticed like the things that I liked right from the get go were starting to become a little distracting. The lights, the sounds, uh, but yeah, the overall seriousness of it, especially when you have a guy like Velveteen, who's never really been super serious. You know, he's, he's always been like the, the animatic figure. He's always been, he's, he's, he's never been like just like a straight up guy. And I, that's, why we love that's why everybody loves him because he's so interesting and this i feel like this what this wasn't interesting for him i also thought like they did they had that one little spot where the the uber pulled up and that was like a little funny but it wasn't like i don't know it didn't make me it didn't get me that much and then they went right away right back to like serious the rest of the way like they didn't they didn't try to incorporate anything else like that and the finish i thought was kind of i thought it was a little like abrupt and just didn't yeah it wasn't i don't know it wasn't that good yep i 100% 100% agree. Uh, Queen, final thoughts on that one? Um, I'd rather it didn't happen, to be honest with you. And and I'm actually even happier now that they put it where they put it. Yep. So we have these next two to kind of forget all about it. 
<laughs> yeah, and that's not something we often say about Adam Cole or no. Velveteen, to be honest. They always I love them of... both. But... Me too. And you know what? That happens sometimes. This isn't a knock on NXT. This isn't dragging NXT. It's just they tried something, and honestly, it just didn't work. Let's move on. That's how I kind of am on that. Um, it could have been a lot worse, trust me, but it could oh, have been yeah. way, way better. It could have been way well, better. Oh. We're also just so used to like these classic NXT championship matches that going away from that formula was probably not going to sit well with a lot of people, no matter what happened. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, also, I think we've seen a lot of cinematic matches across mainstream yeah, wrestling. And um, that was the biggest, even like both companies that are still, you know, mainstream companies, they've both done it. And I think maybe we're getting a little tired of the formula. Maybe it's, you know, time to take a step back from that and just take a little bit of a break because when you do something too much, no matter how good it is, it becomes stale. Um, so uh, that's my kind of thoughts on that match. It was just adequately fine. Um, so whew, on another on another gear, um, can we talk about the kind of, uh, before we move on to the last two matches here, Queen, I know you'll have a lot to say on this. The opening with Code Orange was so fucking cool. And I was just really into it. Um, how do you feel about that kind of... How do you feel about wrestling opening up with a, a live band? I feel like it works in NXT to open with a live band. I feel like it sits so well in their pocket because of, of that vibe that NXT has always had. They've always been on the outside. They've always had that punk rock feel. That, that ECW indie vibe, feel isn't that, it? A little, a little bit, yeah. That cult-like. More, I, it's yeah, it's got a very specific following and a very specific fan base, and um, you know, it's a lot of loyalty in there, and uh, a lot of their music has been for their takeovers or their whatever have been rock songs. So it it, it felt really good. I like when the other two brands are like a mania will pull a band in for something special. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for takeover, I like to see the band do that. It was a nice way to get us hyped. And, you know, you heard the song that's, that's associated with the show and, and it was fun. Yeah. Kevin, how'd you feel about the opening with uh, code orange? I, I genuinely enjoy code orange. I, I was, I was introduced to them through WWE. Uh, I had never heard of them before. They started doing something. They did the Alistair Black song. They did a couple of, you know, a couple of the takeover themes they're, I think they're very good, and I think it's a, I think it's just funny that like we go from these the takeover shows with Code Orange, like this really punk rock, like <laughs> dirty gritty band, and then we're gonna have Backlash coming up where the the theme song is from the Greatest Showman. <laughs> this I think is the I think nothing, show. highlights, nothing <laughs> highlights the difference between <laughs> NXT and the quote unquote main roster more than that. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. Um, let's move on to uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Karrion Cross with the lovely Scarlet. Um, woohoo! She looked very nice. <laughs> Beyond <laughs> very nice. She looked very good. Um, Scarlet is a very beautiful woman. I'll just put it. I'll just leave it at that. Um, oh man, that entrance, guys. Hmm. That Karrion Cross entrance is. Something else. That first time I seen that in NXT, what, a month ago, gave me damn goosebumps. It really did. I was like, this is cool. That man is going to be huge in NXT. Queen, how do you feel about Cross's 
month or so um, in NXT and just what he could actually be to NXT. Oh, he's he's going to take over, pun intended, uh-huh. literally. I, Funny I think lady. He is, uh, <laughs> he's the next big thing, but like more so than like the normal next big thing. I think that he's going to rule over the NXT men's roster for quite some time. I, I've loved Killer Cross and now Karrion Cross and him and Charlotte, the Killer Smoke, uh, not Charlotte, sorry, Scarlett, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Killer Smoke show. Um, it's good stuff, man. Yep. And the entrance is great. It's very theatrical. It's uh, very character driven and Which intense. I love. Which Ooh. I love. Turn and, it up know, to something... eleven. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, oh my God. turn it up because that's something I feel NXT is missing. You know, Dream has it, but he hasn't been really doing it, mm-hmm. um, and and nobody really is on that same level nope. as as Karrion Cross is. And I feel like that brings such a special thing to NXT. And you know, they're going to put a rocket on him, Josh and Kevin. Oh. I think they really are. I think he's going to be in a title scene very soon. And I, and I don't think that's a mistake. I think no, that's a very, very good thing. I think it's going to elevate everyone in that, in that roster, in that division. Um, not that they need elevation, but I mean, like no, everyone's going to be it's a, a very competitive situation. Yeah. It's, it's funny you talk about with NXT and the, yeah, this isn't a knock. I love NXT. Everyone knows that everyone loves NXT, but a lot of the characters can blend into one another. And I think the the difference between NXT and say the main roster in some aspects, not in all aspects is that they have big characters when NXT is a lot more of the nitty gritty, like wrestling kind of, if you can wrestle, you're going to kind of work in NXT with the exception of other things. And I'm not saying there isn't characters, but I just think with someone like him, he is very extra in the best way possible. It's very big. It feels bigger than NXT in the best way possible. I love the aesthetic of it. I love the feel. There's a different vibe with him, even before he even starts wrestling, I'm talking about it. It's like, there's a different vibe with him. Um, so, so going into this, it's like, it's, it's, it's someone who arguably with the exception, maybe of Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa is NXT. He is the black and gold brand. He bleeds NXT. So it's like NXT versus this newcomer who's coming into NXT, who eventually, eventually will be NXT. It's just a cool little dynamic of, of styles. Kev, um, this match was just designed to make Cross look like a killer without, you know, completely shitting all over Champa, which I love the kind of aspect of that. He still got his little stuff in and then we, we went with Cross. But um, how do you feel about the match, Kev? I thought... I thought it was like the, one of the best little bits of business NXT's done in so long. Killer Cross, Carry On Cross, whatever you want to call him, uh, he just explodes off the screen, mm-hmm. and so does Scarlet for that matter. Like it's yeah, rare yeah. you see a, like a package like those two where both of them are the star. Both of them have so much like charisma and that it factor you hear about. Just oozes off them it's crazy from literally from the minute that music hits and they appear at the top through the through the pinfall through the submission through the end of the match like that it's crazy i thought this was so well done like it it is yeah you're right tomaso champa like is one of the pillars of nxt like he's one of the guys when you think of nxt you associate him with it 
and cross ran through him like he was nothing. Champa got his moments, and yeah, it wasn't like a, it wasn't a total squash, but it was just like, I don't. At no point did Champa like feel like he was gonna win. Cross just is a different animal in there. That at one point he, I forget what movie hit, but he just screamed, mm. and I was like a little scared. I was a little nervous. I didn't know what was gonna <laughs> happen to Champa after that. He's this guy is a different animal. You could literally put the belt on him on the next episode of NXT, and I would be like, well, that's pretty smart. Yeah. Um, he is very, very good. The match, I, get, I agree with you, Kevin. Very good piece of business, and just it did what it needed to do. Queenie, how'd you feel about the match overall? Thought it was great. You know, they definitely have do- uh, established Cross as a dominating force. No questions there. <laughs> uh, he looked excellent. Uh, the only thing that was a little strange to me is, as a huge Tommaso Ciampa fan, watching him not really get any offense in is really weird. <laughs> it's really it's, weird. It's odd. It like threw me off. I was like, whoa. Okay, super strange, which just doubles down on our point, right, guys, that this is they're going to put a rocket on him. You know, clearly not to be silly not to. But if you're going to do that and it's Ciampa, one of your pillars of NXT, then, you know, that they mean business with him. And, you know, it's only big up things for for carrying Cross and Scarlet going forward. Oh, big mood on that. I'm I'm very much here for it. I tweeted out. I've said it many times within six months time. I think that man is going to be NXT champion. I genuinely believe that, and I oh, yeah. don't think it's too fast. I think it's perfect timing. Um, I think he's going to be the one to beat Adam Cole. I, I think that's going to be the person to do it, um, personally. That's how I feel. But I thought it was good, and I, I enjoyed it a lot. And it got us to where our, our main event, uh, Charlotte Flair, the then-current NXT Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. Main event, big big fight feel, as Michael Cole would say. Um, but it did feel like that. The, the the video package going into it, the entrances, the the pre-introductions, everything. It felt it felt really big. I really appreciated about that. Now, <laughs> I know a lot of people have their opinions on Charlotte Flair, but they did say the statistics, and I know some people are gonna say it's cause she shoved down our throats. Whatever you want to say. Sixty-six championship matches Charlotte Flair has been in. That is an incredible feat. In that is staggering. What? It's amazing. Six, six years? Six years she's been wrestling, I want to say? If that. I think it's seven. Seven? Seven I years is so. not a long time to be wrestling. Not a long at and all. And have 66 nope. championship matches. Now, again, anyone can say what they will, whether she's been overpushed or she's whatever people want to say. That is a statistic that not a lot of people will catch. Not a lot of people will catch. And. She is a superstar. I'm a big Charlotte Flair mark. I understand that. But I think she is not just one of the best females in the company. I think she's one of the best in the company. On a star level, on just her in-ring work, she's very, very good. And I think sometimes people do get a little bit clouded with her, and I understand. Um, Queen, I know you have your own opinions on, on Charlotte Flair, but... The 66 championships ma- match, uh, matches is not something you can really argue with, is it? <laughs> no, you definitely can't. And I, I am not in the camp that she only gets what she gets because of her dad. Now, does does a name like that and lineage like that open doors? Sure, it does. Of Absolutely. course. We're not stupid. Who would be silly? But... It'd be silly not to take that opportunity, wouldn't you, Queen? Well, of course. Oh, that's what you want to do, obviously. <laughs> but... um. I don't believe that the only reason is that I think she's actually extremely talented. She's one of the like the stables in the ring. You can count on Charlotte Flair in the big money matches. Um, 
you could put Charlotte Flair with nearly anyone and it's mm-hmm. going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's really put in that work. She really has. You can't really deny that, especially since she's moved to NXT. She's been on all three shows, you know, doing all this crazy stuff, which, which you know, good for her. Um, but I will tell you, the one person <laughs> she doesn't have chemistry with is Io Shirai. Let me tell you that right now. Okay, this Charlotte looked sloppy in this thing for me. There are moments where she looked strong and in charge and other moments. And I'm like, what, what is happening? Like, does she know she's in a match? Like, what, what are we doing? It was very weird. I didn't like that at all. I don't think her and EO really go together. And that's cool. And that, like, it and that happens, happens, doesn't it? Sometimes it two like, incredible talents don't go together. Yeah, just like two work. incredible talents sometimes just right. don't gel. That's and right. And that's real life, too. It's real yeah. life. It happens. Yeah. Um, but I I do think that EO and um, Rhea have great chemistry, but more so Rhea and Charlotte have excellent in-ring oh, chemistry do. together. I just that think the that glue, they, they were I think, well. that held this yeah. together. Because I thought the match was really good. I really did. I thought it was a great main event. But the glue that kind of kept that show going, and this is no disrespect to EO because she had some great stuff in there with Rhea, but Rhea and Charlotte's time together worked best in this match. Right. And that's not to say that I'm not excited for Io Shirai. Oh, me I am either. so <laughs> me either. <laughs> happy that she is the new NXT Women's Champion. Uh, I have other stuff to say about the future down the line, but I think for her, this is wonderful. And the fact that we have Io Shirai as the Women's Champion on NXT, Asuka as the Women's Champion on Raw, and Hikaru Shida as the Women's Champion in AEW is un. Believable. JPQ is <laughs> somewhere living. right now just having like a glass of champagne. Like, watch yes. stardom, bitches. I like, come on. I'm a big fan of all three women. Obviously, there's a connection to Rhea Ripley because I will never get tired of hearing Adelaide South Australia being sa- uh, said in, but from a WWE ring announcer. That's mind-boggling to me that she's a year younger than I am and she's in the WWE. That is absolutely wild to me so i'll never ever get tired of ever eo is i think i've said this kevin you've heard me say this like it's like on the written on the back of my hand eo shirai is the best wrestler in the world doesn't gender is not an equation in this it is just she's the best um i just think she is the best and charlotte flair is charlotte flair she's a superstar she's a queen she is that she's that good um very much happy for eo um, I enjoyed the match a lot. There was some spots, like Queen said, that were a little bit. There was I, one noticeable spot with uh, Eo and and Charlotte was the Hurricane Runner on the outside. Um, it mm. seemed like Eo did the Hurricane Runner, and then Charlotte took the bump like five seconds later. And it happens. I understand wires get crossed, and it, it wasn't overshadowing those few little kind of moments. With that, didn't overshadow the match for me. I thought it was a really good good match um kev what do you think about the match and what we've kind of been saying yeah i i agree i think there were sloppy moments and what was a good match not the other way around i don't think it was like a, i don't think there were good moments in a sloppy match uh yeah. i really liked a lot i just really liked like every, i like all three of these women i i mean yo i know i know you'll say it and i'll i'll just sort of sit here and like nod my head eo is like one of the best wrestlers on the planet a bar none and for that matter, so so is Rhea and so is Charlotte. Like they're yeah. all just just world class competitors. And no matter, and yeah, obviously you're not gonna have that great chemistry every time with every single person. But it wasn't like 
it wasn't like you know it didn't take me out of the match no. it didn't take them it didn't take i don't think it like i don't think it took the match down that much i yeah. mean it, it could have been it could have been better maybe but i i think there were still some great spots eo off the off of the house the the aforementioned <laughs> house that we were in uh is going to be one that i remember for a long time and honestly i don't know why i didn't think that considering that the ha- the set was a house but i never thought wow someone's going to jump off of that and so i saw it <laughs> And then yeah. the, the end, uh, Eo. I thought I thought Eo knocked Rhea out cold with that, with that moon. She landed right landed in the very hand. High. Yeah, <laughs> landed very high. And then yeah, yeah uh, God, I, I just it, it was only a matter of time before Eo held some sort of some sort of gold in this company. She's just too good to to be ignored and to be like a second fiddle to anybody. Oh, I, I I love I love the streamers at the end. I thought that was a very nice touch because this is a huge moment, you know. Yeah. No matter what you yeah. think, like this is you know this is a world class competitor getting her first taste of gold in the WWE, you know, the biggest company in the world. It was great, and I'm glad that I'm glad that as much as I would have loved like a real crowd, I think it's kind of cool that she won it in front of all of her NXT, uh, you know, Jeez. cohorts and and all of her friends and all these yeah. people that have been like alongside her. I think that's kind of I think that's kind of touching. Yeah, no, I'm I I liked it. The crowd were very much very lively for this this match. Um, I liked the finish as well. I thought I was like, oh, is Rhea all right? Because she just got moonsaulted on her face, so I hope she's all right. Um, but cool moment, the streamers, everything. It was it just made me smile. I was like, yes, EO, you've done it. You're finally the NXT Women's Champion. Now, I guess the million dollar question is. What happens next? Queen, you kind of said you have a little bit of like a thing of where this kind of goes. I think Charlotte is obvious. Charlotte goes, I think Charlotte fills the role of Becky Lynch now because Becky's obviously um, off and, and um, starting a family. So that's, there is a void. There is a little bit of a gap. Um, and I think Charlotte may kind of go into that raw world. Um, EO, as champion queen, is it, is it the, do we go EO and Rhea, do, I mean, there's so many people I'd like to see EO work with, but what is next for EO Shirai as champion? Well, I definitely think Charlotte going to Raw is what they'll likely do. Mm-hmm. I'd actually love to see a world where Charlotte hangs out in NXT and and fights some of the younger t- talent. Charlotte and, and Tegan, Charlotte see... and Dakota, and oh, God. Right, and, and just kind of hang out there for a little because I'd like to see the women's roster on Raw have a moment without Becky or Charlotte. That's unique. And I'd like to I'd like to see it. I don't think we will see it, but I think it would be really cool. Um, anywho, uh, for EO, I feel like the EO Rhea feud is built in. That's how kind of we get Rhea back on her little momentum as we move forward here. Because I feel like her momentum was just stopped so hard when she lost to Charlotte and then obviously COVID and all those things. But I'd like to see that. There are a lot of people that EO could work with. It would be really fun. But I think, you know, Mia and Candice are going to be busy together. And the other women aren't quite in the upper echelon area as of right now. So I really think they have a lot of building to do. We're in a kind of a little bit of a transition phase phase for NXT. Are, and that's not a bad, it's not a bad thing. I like thing. that though. Cause it's exciting because right. it's almost like, and I don't mean this is a disrespectful thing to, to Rhea, but it's almost like we can stall with Rhea and have Rhea and EO kind of work together for a little while. So we can get Tegan ready or we can get 
Dakota ready or we can get whoever they want to get ready, they can get ready and they have the right amount of time instead of just thrusting someone straight into to EO. Right. Mm. So I, I'm into that. I'm into EO as champion. I'm just into it a lot. And I think it's going to be the start of a nice reign as champion. Kevin, what do you think the, the next move is with EO? I mean, I think you guys are pretty. I think you guys are pretty much spot on. I, I don't. I think Rhea's obviously got unfinished business, and then there's so many names. There's so many names you can throw out there. And yeah, it is. It is a matter of, you know, are they ready? Are they at that top rung of the ladder yet? But I think it's going to be cool when like four or five different women all reach the top of the ladder at the same time, because then it's just like it's 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 a spoil of riches. You have so many different ways they can go. EO Tegan, EO Dakota, EO Mia, EO Candice, EO Shotzi, and then there's and then you're gonna have more talent coming up behind them to fill that to fill that level on the ladder. And it's just gonna be so much fun to see how far they go with EO. You know, I, 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 there's yeah, this this could be she could be one and done. She could have a reign for a year. We don't know because there's just there's so much talent there. They could do so many different things. Yeah, there's the options are. Uh... Whew, I'm just excited. I'm excited. I'm just smiling. I don't know if you can, sometimes you can hear a smile and I'm smiling that EO is champion. I'm very much excited. I, I can't hear your smile. I'm so excited about it. I'm so happy. It. I'm so happy for her and I'm just so happy for that division. It's my favorite thing in wrestling. I'm just, ah, it's just going to, ah, yes, I'm just here for it. All right. Overall thoughts, Queenie, how'd you feel about TakeOver in your house? I thought it was actually pretty good. It's not my favorite NXT. Yeah. I don't even think it'll be in my top 10, but it was really fun. It had great moments, and I never, ever like to talk about Sam Roberts, but he did say something in the pre-show that I liked a lot. He said that we could be approaching a, uh, a new golden age for NXT, and for me, I don't know if it's going to be a golden age, but what I will say is I'm very interested in the transit transition period that we just were mentioning talking about the women but the men are doing the same thing yep. you know eventually adam cole is going to lose that championship eventually he will move somewhere maybe dream is going to move somewhere maybe even keith lee at some point so i feel like uh they have a lot of building to do and they have a, a crazy roster on both sides to do it with the future of nxt i feel like is really bright and i think it's going to be fun it's just going to be different mm -hmm. no i um I'm excited. I like that transitional time within like that, you know, you're looking eras and it's not just like we went for, say, the attitude era straight into the ruthless aggression era. That's not how things happen. There's a little bit of a time in between where it's like we're building other stars and, you know, whatever it may be. And I think that's what NXT's in. You, you kind of mentioned Adam Cole is eventually going to lose that championship. That's what happens when you win a title. You eventually lose it. He's had an incredible run. Um, but someone's going to beat him. And then that kind of ushers in that new era and we kind of keep the, the, the bus going. So I, I I'm excited. I, I really did enjoy the show too. I thought it was really good. Um, and I like the kind of roller coaster we went on. Like it didn't just all just stay at one level. There was, there was peaks and valleys. Kevin overall thoughts on the show. Very good show. Um, and you know, obviously, when when it comes to NXT Takeover, it's like you you could basically pencil it in as a really really good show. But with this one, with with everything going on in the world with COVID and with everything and just the the the, the unrest and everything going on, it was like almost 
it was almost like a different set of expectations were placed on this show. Like we, it needed to be, it needed to be something different, you know, and it needed to be more than just like a good wrestling show. It needed to be a distraction of sorts. And it was definitely was, it was really, I think it, I think it did what it needed to do as good as it could have done it. It's not going to be like, you're not going to hold it up there with like the greatest takeovers in history. I agree with queen. I don't think it's, it might not be, it probably won't be in my top 10 down the road when I, when I sit down and rate all the takeovers, but it, that just speaks to how good these shows always are. That this is this was a great show, one of the best shows you'll see this year. But like it might not scratch the surface of, of t- takeovers that have truly reached like the peak of of the business. Yeah, no, I completely yeah. agreed. I'm I'm very much. I, I enjoyed the show. It was a, it was a it was a good show. It was just a good show. Um, well, that kind of brings us to the end of NXT Takeover in Your House recap. We uh. I guess we're a week from another show. Backlash is this time next week, so <sighs> we're just in that zone of, of shows. Um, I, 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 overall, good time. I had good time chatting with you, Queen, and you, Kevin, of course. So, Queenie, put yourself over. What have you got coming up? Where can we find you? You know the drill. Do that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that very much. But actually, what I'd like to say is in, in, instead of what's going on for my show, I would love to say um, go to the pin tweet on my Twitter, which is uh, at the Queen of Any. And the pin tweet is how you can help the movement for hashtag Black Lives Matter. Uh, science, silence is compliance. So if you can do anything, it doesn't even have to be monetarily. You can sign petitions or, or peacefully protest. Uh, it would be vastly appreciated. Uh, I, yeah, sign, sign yeah. petitions, call your, your congressman, your representatives. Yes. There's so much we could do, and there's so much we still have to do. You know, like we've we've just scratched the surface of this whole movement and this whole idea of, of systemic racism and police brutality. And we can't we can't give up now because we're we're you know two weeks removed from a senseless murder, one in a long line of senseless murders. Uh, we we you know, the fight's just getting started. You just have to keep keep pushing and just keep doing everything you can to to help. I I respect the hell out of that queen. I, I really do. And it's been yeah, it's been a crazy crazy time here. But it's been it, it, it's it's been really really good to see so many people. And you know this is a wrestling show. So many people in wrestling stepping up and and speaking out and helping the cause it's been really it has been good to see yeah as um i uh as someone who has been very um i don't know how to say this in the right way a lot of people had a little bit of an you know originally when this was coming out and i was kind of posting what i was posting in support of all this the same as you are queen the same as you are kevin just kind of trying to help in any way I can. A lot of people saying, this is not your issue because you're not from America. I want to talk to people that are listening to me right now that are my international friends, okay? Whether you're from Australia, the UK, anywhere that isn't in the States, okay? And to think that this isn't happening in your own country is is just wrong. It's, um, this is not a, a, just an American issue. This is, a, this is an issue of the whole world. I think that people need to understand that in 2020, 
we haven't progressed as a society as much as what people would like to believe. And I think, for one, racism is not a debate for me. Racism is not something that you can argue with me upon. Racism is racism. And in the world right now, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of good things that are going on to combat it. But this is not a trend. This is not just something that goes on for a week and then we move on as the world to something else. This has been going on for generations and generations and generations. And if we don't do something now to do something, it's going to continue to go for future generations and generations and generations. And I think what we need to do right now um, is that we are realizing that we're in a time where I didn't know this as much as uh, until it's become to my attention that because of the color of my skin, I have privilege. And listening is something that more white people need to do is listen. Stand beside, not in front of. Do not control this narrative. You need to stand beside the black community and help in any way that you see fit, whether it's peacefully protesting, whether it's signing petitions, whether it's posting something on your social media. Silence is not okay in this situation because silence makes it go away in the sense of going away because it's just tucked under the rug. Don't let this be swept under the rug. Just stand beside support in any way you can. As someone who has been posting a lot of that on social media, I know it's only a very small scale, but it's something. And we need to continue to do that in this world right now. Don't let this become a problem. Let this become a problem of the past. Let's not make this become a problem of the future. What's going on in the world and what's happened for a long time is not okay. And we need to stand beside one another and do what we can to stop this. So for international friends, yes, this is something, this is the part where we cannot control. American friends that are listening right now, in November, you have the opportunity to vote. I'm not going to go and preach and tell you who to vote for, but right now your vote is more important than ever. So make sure you do vote. Coming from a country that I live in where it's compulsory to vote, I don't have that option not to vote. Make sure you do the right thing and you vote in November. Um, Queen, Kevin, you both live in the States. I'm, I'm sure you'd both agree that voting is very important, especially right now. It's paramount and it's super easy. It takes two minutes to register to vote. I have links for that too, should you need them, by mm-hmm. state. DM Queen. She will happily provide you with the, the links you need to vote. That's the part that I can't, I'm not entirely sure on what to do because I don't I know at that stage. But to my international friends, I'm speaking from someone who does not live in the United States. It is not just a problem in the United States. In Australia alone, the Aboriginal indig- Indigenous community is also getting a lot of this same treatment. I had a conversation with an aboriginal friend of mine who said listen what you're doing is great but what you need to understand is that when i walk into a store people look at me like i'm going to steal when you look into a store people look at you with a smile and that's why i don't need to stand in front of that person i need to stand beside them because we will never understand what that feeling is like but we can try to listen and that's what we need to do right now to help so please just continue to do that I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation. I think sometimes the uncomfortable open conversations is what everybody needs to have right now. 
Um, so thank you for bringing it up, Queen, and thank you for you know, saying being open on social media and on shows. I think it's very important to not ignore it at the moment because it's not the right thing to do. So um, on that note, Queenie, thank you very much for joining us. You know, Thanks you're always you're always welcome on on Reverb or any of my. Um, 16 shows that I do have. So please just come on any one of them. Um, <laughs> uh, our links for mine and Kevin's socials are of course in the description below. I'll throw Queen's links in there as well. Um, so make sure you go to her pinned tweet. You'll see on my Twitter, I've got a lot of stuff as well or my Facebook or my Instagram, wherever you're kind of going to find me. I'm not going to stop talking about this. I think that's very, the, the main thing that we need to get across is that we need to keep talking about it because it's important. So with much love and everybody, and as Queenie would say, and I think it's very important that we end the show with what Queen says at the end of her shows. Queen, what is something that you usually like to end with, especially in this time? Please enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, but especially now, please be kind to one another. Amen. Amen.